What's going on guys? It's Nick here, back with another video. It's Wednesday, it's time to go game by game talking about the running backs I'd be starting and sitting this week. So, let's start things off with the Thursday night game, which, even though it's going to be a low-scoring game, should be a good one. Titans at Packers. This game has a 41-point total. Packers, three-point home favorites. For the Titans, always start Derrick Henry. For the Packers, always start Aaron Jones. The one question mark here is A.J. Dillon. I would say you should probably only use him if you really need to. You got people on by. Uh, you got some injuries. That's when I use him. If you're at full health, if you've got no one on by, I'm hoping you don't have to use him this week. He hasn't shown a super high ceiling even in good matchups. And this is, you know, not one of the worst spots you can have. I mean, he's a home favorite, so that's a positive. But the Titans are a pretty clear pass funnel. At the very least, they're not going to be efficient to run on. They're not a team that we're expecting the Packers to look at this matchup and be like, ooh, we're going to win on the ground, averaging like five yards per carry with both running backs. Maybe Aaron Jones can do that because he's better, but A.J. Dillon just hasn't really shown it this season. He's absolutely going to need to score, and the Titans, I believe, are one of like the top five teams in rushing touchdowns against. Like you just basically just can't run on them, and you definitely can't score rushing touchdowns on them consistently. Not a good spot. I personally would not play A.J. Dillon. For the wide receivers, I mean, we saw a positive with Burks coming back last week. We saw him, you know, get a good snap share, good route share, like looked solid, definitely a positive. But it's similar to Dylan. It's like if you're going to start Burks, if you're going to start Woods, I'm really hoping you've got multiple wide receivers on by or you're in a deep league. I think you can kind of just bench all the Titans wide receivers. And then for the Packers, we saw, of course, the explosion of Christian Watson last week. Don't expect 103 touchdowns every week. But uh, as I said, more of a lean towards the passing attack in this spot. I think you can definitely start Watson. You can definitely start Lazard. I don't think either of them are must starts, though. They're probably going to finish when the rankings are finally done in like that range of can I like flex plays where you're like, Basically, all these guys are going to score around 11 half PPR points on average. You're really hoping for a touchdown. That's where he falls. Uh, if you need that upside, you need that weekly ceiling, you're like, I'm projected to lose by 10 points. Maybe you do lean towards someone like Christian Watson, who's going to have a deep downfield role. Lazard also is going to have a downfield role as well. So I would say, again, they're like flex plays. They're not must starts if... You're going into the week with question marks somewhere else and you want to hold off. You want to say, I want to wait till Sunday, kind of see where I'm at there. Maybe don't play them, but if you do play them, you probably have to play them at a wide receiver spot, which is difficult because you don't want to play Thursday players in the flex because then if you have injuries or something like that that pop up, you just have so much less flexibility, right? You want to play them at wide receiver, but I also probably don't want to play those two at wide receiver too. So tricky spot. I would check the final rankings on Thursday. I would say my lean, maybe benching both of them. Uh, but if you want to play one, probably Watson for the upset. Next up, Sunday games. Uh, we've got no Germany game. We've got no London game this week. So we're at one o'clock for the kickoff. Lions at Giants. Start things off. 46 point total Giants, three point home favorites. For the Lions, I think you have to keep playing Jamal Williams at running back two. Uh, he's averaging 
just under 16 carries per game. He's maintained a large role with Swift in the lineup. He's got a huge role near the goal line. So if they score rushing touchdowns, there's a good chance he has one of them. And, you know, even though he's a yardage and touchdown back, like he has nine touchdowns in nine games, running back 13 on the season. He's just been producing solid player in the running back two spot. I think you play him again at that spot. And then with Swift, it's tough. Um, I have to play him in my PPR league. I feel like a lot of people are in a similar spot to me where it's like, you don't want to have to play him, but you probably do. Um, Definitely tough to fully trust him while the touches are so limited, but you also don't want to like watch him go off for 30. Like he's a player who could have 10 touches and score 30 fantasy points. Like that could absolutely happen. And so it's like difficult to know what to do. Um, I'll say he still looked explosive on his touches really the last two weeks. Um, there's the hope that every week he's getting a little bit healthier. I have him projected for seven carries and 4.3 targets under like a general projection for him given the game environment. He's running back 22 on that volume. So I would say your decision, number one, comes down to what do you have? If your next best running back is running back like 35-40, you just got to play Swift. But if you're in that range, up to you what you do, and it would come down to like, how do you feel about that projection? Do you think he's under or over those seven carries, under or over the 4.3 targets? You think over on both of them, you're probably starting as running back two. You think under, it's either flex or put him on the bench for you. But again, really just comes down to what do you think? Then for the Giants, easy, always start Saquon Barkley, especially against the Lions. Next up, we've got Jets at Patriots, extremely low, 38.5 point total. And it is our third straight game with a three-point home favorite with the Patriots being three-point home favorites here. For the Jets, Michael Carter outsnapped James Robinson in their game before the bye, but it was Robinson who scored the touchdown and was given more touches overall, despite Carter being more efficient. It's tough to know exactly what the split is going to be. Um, tough to know if it's going to change, if it's going to trend more towards Robinson, going to stay close to 50-50. But neither of them is all that appealing as long as it's even close to 50-50. It's a bad spot on the road against a very strong Patriots defense. They are not projected to score very many points. Uh, you've got Zach Wilson historically struggling a lot against the Patriots. He's completed only 53% of his passes against them, two touchdowns to seven interceptions, 12 real-life points per game for the Jets in those games, 0-3 record. Like, we're not expecting them to be super good. And so if you've got two running backs splitting the workload on a team that's probably going to be trailing and not score that much or be efficient, it's just not a good spot. If you absolutely need them, you could play them as desperation plays I think I would bench both of them. Then for the Patriots, we'll see if Harris is more involved post-buy because, uh, you know, he's not sick anymore. He's not injured anymore. So we'll see if he gets more work. But Stevenson's been better. And, you know, until we see it from Harris, definitely don't play him, especially in a really difficult matchup. And then for Stevenson, until we see it from Harris stealing the workload, I think you just keep playing him. He's had an insane target share, so the targets will be there. He'll be used plenty near the goal line, even if Harris comes in sometimes. Stevenson's going to get a lot of work in that area still. And then he's a great running back, an efficient running back. Like I just think you have to play Stevenson. But there's a reason this total is so low. I mean, both teams have 
really strong defenses and pretty questionable offenses. So we're not really looking to like attack all the players in this game. It's really just Stevenson. Next up, we've got Commanders at Texans, 40.5 point total, Commanders 3.5 point road favorites. For the Commanders, assuming that McKissick is still out, this is a great spot for Gibson and Brian Robinson. The Texans rank last in rush defense DVOA, third to last in yards per carry allowed. Everyone has success on the ground against the Texans, and so we should expect Gibson, Robinson to see pretty high volume and be relatively efficient. I think both of them are perfectly fine to play at the running back two spot this week. Then for the Texans, Eno joined the backfield, but let's be honest, it's just like his first week, and I think if he's going to get touches, they're probably coming from Rex Burkhead and not Pierce. Maybe like one touch taken from Pierce, but you know, just joined the team this week. I wouldn't expect him to go out there and get a lot of touches. It's really just like, it's a difficult spot. Uh, commanders clear pass funnel. So you want to pass on them, not run on them, but it doesn't matter. Pierce is getting so many touches, so much usage. If they ever get close to the goal line that you just have to play him, just expect a little bit less than normal this week. Next up bears at Falcons, 50 point total Falcons, three point home favorites for the bears. Khalil Herbert was placed in the IR this week, and the Falcons are one of the best possible matchups for opposing running backs. Dave Montgomery is a top five play this week. You should absolutely be starting him. Then for the Falcons, Cordell Patterson kind of crushed our dreams last week, but to be fair, we probably should have seen it coming. I mean, it was a Thursday game the week after he returned from the IR. So he's activated off the IR, gets his first game on Sunday, and a few days later, they have another game. We probably should have expected that he wasn't going to be featured in that matchup. Give him a full week and a half after that game. I'm projecting 15 touches from him in this spot. And since the Bears are a top five matchup for opposing running backs, that has him grading out as running back 16 right now. So I think Patterson, you're just playing him. And then beyond that, you could use Algier, you could use Huntley if you are really desperate this week, maybe in a 14 or a 16 team league. For anyone in 8, 10, 12 team leagues who's not super desperate, I think you can just leave them on the bench. Next up, we've got Browns at Bills, 43 point total, 8.5 point home favorites for the Bills. For the Browns, always start Nick Chubb. Uh, doesn't matter what the matchup is. Not a good one this week, but always start him. And then Hunt, that's more matchup based, and this is not a spot where I really want to go after him. On the road, underdogs against a strong defense. Uh, they have the third lowest team total on the week. That's never ideal, especially for a backup running back. So wouldn't really want to go there. The one potential saving grace here is that this is probably the worst weather spot of the week, at least. Like it's you know pretty early in the week right now, so things can change. But looking at it right now, shouldn't be good weather. Uh, rain, wind expected. And so if that happens, could we see the Browns really lean on the ground game and give extra carries to Hunt? Maybe, but also we don't care that much about extra carries. If he bumps up to like 10 carries this week, well, that's probably like four points. And so we want the receptions, we want the touchdowns. Well, if it's a weather game and they're projected for the third lowest team total, it's not like the touchdowns are going to be there and the receptions probably won't be there as well. So probably regardless, don't play Hunt, uh, but I suppose there's an out in that they run a ton and they can't give Chubb, you know, 30 carries. But I'm probably not playing him. Then for the Bills, Singletary scored twice last week, and the touch split was 14 for Singletary, 
five for Cook, one for Hines, uh, with Singletary also continuing to dominate the snaps. I would imagine that they give Cook and Hines more work soon, but how soon remains to be seen. And until that happens, obviously don't play those two. And then for the time being, I'm thinking Singletary just every week really is a running back too. Obviously, you know, it's tough playing him because you've got these two pass catching backs that haven't really been utilized in that way, but we know it's coming at some point soon. But then also, it's just like those are two running backs that are going to be stealing snaps. And then Josh Allen's like the biggest goal line running back in the NFL. He's going to vulture a ton there. Got lucky last week. Singletary scored the two, but that's not always going to happen. Low-key, though, really good spot. Uh, Browns, we don't typically talk about as an amazing spot for running backs, but they give up a ton of rushing touchdown. They rank 30th in rush defense TVA. Like, it's a good spot, I think. The team total, maybe not as high as people expect, but if we look at this weather game, uh, we see, okay, maybe they run the ball for more touchdowns. Like I think it's a good spot for rushing production for the Bills. I would play Singletary at running back two. I think it's a good chance he scores this week. Panthers at Ravens is up next. 43.5 point total, 12.5 point home favorites for the Ravens, uh, giving the Panthers the lowest team total of the week. For the Panthers, Foreman has ripped apart the Falcons twice, then posted a dud uh, like sandwich between those two games against the Bengals. This matchup is much tougher than the Falcons, much closer to the Bengals game, and given the 12.5 point spread, relatively unlikely the Panthers run into a positive game script. Anything could happen. We could see the Panthers go out there and beat the Ravens, but the odds are that the Ravens will pull ahead stay ahead, and we'll have a trailing game script, which is not good for Foreman. Uh, he's the only running back on this team I would consider, but he's only running back 34 on the week right now. I think you'll probably have better options than him. Then for the Ravens, uh, I think Gus is going to return this week, but confirm that. Basically, if he's back, you can play him as a low-end running back too. He'll definitely need a touchdown to be worth the start, but his touchdown chances should be pretty high this week massive home favorite uh, against a defense that we're totally fine running on. And then if he's out, I actually like Drake more just because you just reduce the running backs, basically. Like if Gus is playing, Drake's still going to be out there, still going to be taking touches. Now Gus is better than Drake, so he'd be the starting running back and he'd be better at the goal line. But if you just remove Gus, well, Drake's there with only Hill, and now it's like Drake's, you know, going to have a larger share than Gus would have had. And even if he's a slightly worse player, he's still perfectly good. And so I would definitely play Drake as running back two if Gus is out. Gus is in. Play Gus as running back two. Probably just don't play Drake. Next up, Rams at Saints. Uh, this game is extremely low, tied with the uh, New England game. 38.5 point total. Saints, 4.5 point home favorites, giving the Rams the second lowest team total of the week. Uh, oh, how the mighty have fallen for the Rams. For them, uh, you're probably just benching everyone. I would consider Kyron Williams if a report comes out saying that he's going to get more work this week, maybe that he's going to start, something like that I would need. Um, I really don't want to play any running backs in this offense, especially if they're going to be a three-man committee. Once we get later in the season, I really do think they're going to start featuring Kyron Williams. They know Akers isn't the answer. We know they don't trust Henderson. They're probably just going to use Kyron Williams and be like, okay, what do we have in this kid? Can we use him next season? 
Does it happen this week? Does it happen in three weeks and four weeks? I don't know. So we basically need to just sit on this, wait for that report to come out. If it does, we can play it running back too. If it doesn't, probably bench all of them. And for the Saints, just start Alvin Kamara every week, bench everyone else. Eagles at Colts is up next. 45 point total. Eagles six and a half point home favorites. For the Eagles, uh, Miles Sanders has unfortunately turned into a yardage and touchdown back. He started off the season with around two receptions per game for like a good chunk of the year, but he now has zero receptions in three consecutive games. They've kind of shifted to just really not using the running backs in the receiving game, but then also when they do, using Kenneth Gainwell instead. So that's going to hurt his production. It's going to hurt his projection. It's just going to hurt his upside, just like everything, really. But... He still grades out as a top 15 running back option this week since he's a touchdown home favorite. So even though it's like a relatively difficult matchup, you've got a really good offense that's probably going to be winning. He's the clear lead back on early downs. He's the one they'll use at the goal line. It's just a good enough spot where you're saying even if the role is a little bit less than we'd like, playing running back too. Then for the Colts, uh, Jonathan Taylor turned 24 touches into 162 yards and a score last week on 94% of the offensive snaps. You would not believe how many people believe that like he was just dust this season. But I think the reaction in the past probably like month to Jonathan Taylor really says a lot about how much recency bias people have. Like the dude has two down games, not even terrible games, just like somewhat down games with an ankle sprain. And we're just going to like throw away two straight years of dominance. Like he's a fantastic running back. If he's active, you just play him no matter what the spot is. Next up, Raiders at Broncos, 41 and a half point total. Broncos, two and a half point home favorites. For the Raiders, this is pretty much as bad a spot as you can imagine. Jacobs has historically struggled quite a bit as a road underdog. And this is a road underdog against a Broncos defense that we're definitely not looking to attack in any way. Like, obviously, they're more difficult against the pass, but they're just good, right? And when you're in Denver against them, it's not a spot you want to be looking at really any players. I think that the volume expectation is so high for Jacobs that you basically have to play him. But it's like even Derrick Henry last week had 53 rushing yards on 2.8 yards per carry. Like, Obviously, Jacobs can do well because if he's going to get around 20 touches, potentially, if the game's even close, then you have to play him. Just understand that he does not play well as underdogs. And if the Broncos get up this week and they stay ahead, it's not going to be a good game for Jacobs. So play him, but please temper expectations. And then for the Broncos, I would bench all of them. Uh, The Raiders are much more attackable through the air than on the ground. And I'm not really sure that any of these three are going to surpass like 10 or 11 touches. So if that's all you need, you're like super desperate. You just need 10, 11 touches. Melvin Gordon is the one that I feel best about. But if at all possible, I would just bench them because I don't think any of them are going to project very well, especially as Chase Edmonds gets more involved in the offense, like a 300 back committee on a very mediocre offense in a spot that's better for passing. Nah, I don't really need anything there. Next up, Cowboys at Vikings should be a really, really exciting game to watch. 47.5 point total, Cowboys 1.5 point road favorites. For the Cowboys, depends on Zeke yet again. If he's out, keep playing Pollard. If he plays, then we'll have to see 
how many touches he's expected to get. I don't think in his first week back they'll go back to giving him like exactly what they did before. That wouldn't make a whole lot of sense, but we're probably going to know on Sunday, so just kind of see how the rankings adjust there. I don't think I'd play Zeke regardless. Like No matter what happens here, it's not like this is some incredible spot against the Vikings, and it's not like he's been incredible leading up to this game. So I think you're just benching Zeke this week no matter what, and I honestly think you're playing Pollard this week no matter what. Now, obviously, Pollard's like a top probably like 6-7 play if Zeke is out, and you're definitely playing him. But I think even if Zeke returns, they're going to keep giving him usage. Not the same level, but he's still going to get plenty of touches. He's been playing phenomenally. And like I said, I don't think they go back to giving him, like, a Zeke, a full snap share, you know, a full touch share in his first week back. So I think regardless, play Pollard. But obviously, if you have Pollard, you want Zeke to be out. Then for the Vikings, always start Dalvin Cook. Uh, Even in a difficult matchup, like it's Dalvin Cook, you just play him. Final 4 o'clock game is going to be Bengals at Steelers. 41 point total. The Bengals are four and a half point road favorites. For the Bengals, always start Joe Mixon. For the Steelers, it's tough. Uh, Harris set a season high with 20 carries last week. And so you're like, oh, so he clearly took over Warren. No, it came with zero receptions on his lowest snap share in a non blowout game this season. Warren is pretty clearly earning more work. And even last week, he only gained 22 fewer yards on eight fewer touches. He was yet again more efficient than Najee Harris. And Warren's basically taken over as like the passing down back. Like he's just the third down guy. He's the one they're going to use in obvious passing situations. And he's earning more carries because he's been better than Najee in that area as well. So we're approaching the point where you can't start either one of them because they're both going to grade out as like running backs 27 to 35 because like before Warren's out in like the fifties and Najee's up in, you know, like teens. But as they've shifted all this workload over to Warren, you basically get both of them being very mediocre plays. And really Najee only got all his touches because they're winning so much in the second half. So right now I have Najee at 23, Warren at 37, but it really comes down to who do you have if you're starting either one of them? I would love it if you didn't have to play either of them, but I get it. If you drafted Najee in the first round, he's running back 23, you might just not have another option, to which case, you know, he's not a horrible play. It's just running back 23 is not fantastic. The Sunday night game is going to be Chiefs at Chargers, 50-point total, Chiefs 6.5-point road favorites. For the Chiefs, Pacheco was given 16 carries to Clyde's zero last week. And even though it came with zero targets, that's obviously a fantastic sign that Clyde has had, you know, his snaps drop in like five, six straight weeks. He had two targets, no touches. Like Clyde's basically done. You can cut him uh, unless you want him as a handcuff. But it's such good news for Pacheco because before it was like, yeah, he's starting, but there's a three running back committee. And if he's not going to have targets and he's not going to get all the early down workload, how much value does he really have? Well, now... If Clyde's not going to get the carries, Pacheco's still not going to get the targets, but if he's going to have, you know, 15, 16 carries, well, now he's in the number two matchup for opposing running backs. I think you can play Pacheco as a low-end running back too. Understand that the results aren't going to look great if he doesn't score. I mean, we have last week, he had 82 rushing yards, but zero targets and a fumble, so he scores six PPR points. That's not fantastic. Now, this week, again, fantastic matchup, best chance of scoring on the season, 
hopefully doesn't fumble. I think he's a good play at running back two. And then honestly, in full PPR formats, you can consider McKinnon. He has eight targets in back-to-back weeks. Uh, he's going to be used on all passing downs. They're not going to throw the ball to Pacheco. It's all going to be McKinnon. I wouldn't say have like a ton of confidence in him as a play this week, but he's been running back 32 and half PPR, 26 and full PPR. Like if he's going to rack up four to six receptions, you could do a whole lot worse than that if you're desperate. And then for the Chargers, obviously always start Austin Eckler. Monday night game this week will be 49ers at Cardinals, 43 and a half point total, 49ers, eight point road favorites. For the 49ers, always start McCaffrey. And then Mitchell actually got way more work than I thought that he would last week. Now, part of that was because they ran the ball, you know, 41 times. And you can't give McCaffrey 41 carries. Like, you just have to use other running backs at that point. But also, he looked really good. There was no reason for them not to use him. Like if he's ripping off a bunch of, you know, long runs and they're being really successful, why wouldn't they give him those opportunities? Also... He didn't have a ton of snaps, but like 20 opportunities on 25 snaps means they want to get him the ball when he's on the field. So I can't project him for 20 opportunities again, but even if I only project him for like 10, 11 opportunities, he grades out as the running back 29 because he's going to be super efficient, going to have a good chance of scoring. And so if that's, I mean, let's be honest, like probably around his floor, he's going to be in that general range. I think he is totally fine to play at running back two this week since again, Projected for 10, 11 opportunities has him like a very, 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 very low end two. Um, some people, you know, keep pointing out like sometimes this is a low end two at running back 29. That just means like you can play him at running back two. Like technically a running back two is running max like what, 13 through 24. But if someone's 27th, you can play him at low end two. So I think at 29, you can play uh, Elijah Mitchell at running back two because especially if the floor is around 10, 11 touches, we could see last week happen again. He gets, you know, 17, 18 touches when that was a really good play at that spot. Then for the Cardinals, uh, James Conner had 24 touches on 96% of the offensive snaps, even in a brutal spot, and then you have to be starting him this week. So that'll do it for the running back starts and sits. Any other questions, you can just look at the rankings on my website, thefencefootballadvice.com, or the detailed projections as well. I'll be back tomorrow to go over wide receiver starts and sets, and then Saturday to go over my favorite plays this week. Now, my friends, is in this one. Hope you all enjoyed. If you did, how about hitting the like button? How about subscribing to the channel if you're new here? Thanks for watching.